Welcome to Wax Half Full, episode 51. I'm your host, Wax, here as always with my co-host, Ads. Also, producer Keith in the background, making sure everything sounds good, occasionally providing his commentary. Ads, how are you doing? I am tired, but it's 5 a.m., so I think I am allowed to be tired. Oh, shit, it's 5 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. Damn. I have no idea how time zones work. Wax leaves my relative time zone for three minutes and has already forgotten how late Worlds is in not yeah, America. exactly. <laughs> so why are you, so what was going on? You told me you went to a friend's house, so you finally, you found one person who still watched League of Legends and you decided we're going to watch it together? Yeah, pretty much. We just, it wasn't just me, it was a couple people, four people all up. Went to a friend's house, we watched that, we had a second TV playing the EPL, sadly. Where I had four to, of you? Four yeah. of you, wow. Yeah, we so, so what is this? Energies. Is this like a group of friends who kept up with law this entire time, or is this kind of like a World Cup thing? You ignore uh, it for a while, and then when there's a big event, you guys get together and you watch it. Yeah, pretty much that. Um, they don't really watch league competitive religiously or anything. They pretty much only watch Worlds. They're like former players, now turned ARAM specialists. So keep up a little bit with the game, but not not like to the level that I do, I guess. And yeah, we just watched it. We watched United lose as well. We watched Dan One lose. Good mm. times, good times. I gotta say, that's a sort of like a, a legitimizing moment. <laughs> no, I want to say that that's kind of legit. You know, it's uh, esports isn't just watched by hardcore fans who are hanging on to every single game. If it's like the World Cup where you can only watch it once a year, but you still feel compelled to watch it that one time, yeah, that's kind of what sports is, right? It's not like the World Cup gets that crazy viewership from people who watch EPL all the time. It's from people who just, it's from casuals who pop in every now and then. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, like, with the league. I, don't, I didn't keep up with the viewership because I was watching on YouTube, so I don't know if the viewership was all-time, but it's one of the Pretty only high. best. It was one of the only best fives that I've ever seen at World Finals, right? Like, there haven't been too many of them. Might be the only I one. Jason... Jason showed us like that at least on Twitch alone it was three million at one point. There's three million at one point. That's pretty good. On Twitch alone, by the way. So that's not including whatever platforms else they are. Yeah, uh, I think like in terms of the viewership, but also like in terms of the like, I, I, obviously previous worlds have had G two or Fnatic in them, not last year's worlds, but the worlds before them, um, which helped with viewership in in the west but i think in general the fact that it went to five games also helps i think five games just provides that additional boost in viewership regardless of whether it um <clears throat> it is a good series or not five games just like auto- automatically people like for, for for better or not better or worse most analysts will put five game series ahead of like if, if you made a top 10 best series of what lol all time I'm pretty sure all 10 of them are going to be best of fives that go the distance, right? No one's going to put a a 3-0, even if it was a really, really close 3-0 in the top 10 or, or a 3-1. I feel like 3-2s are just, you know, solidified at the top there. So I guess it helps with viewership. In terms of overall viewership, yeah, I could see I could see it going up this year just purely off the fact of the best of five, but maybe not in the West. Yeah. Anyway, so Riot's own concerns about League of Legends not making money notwithstanding, that seems to be alive. Yeah, League is alive. 
until All now. Right, it's, so... But now it's dead. Korea lost, so now it's dead. <laughs> All right, so so what are you ta- what are your takes about the finals? So heading in, Damwon Gaming they were a pretty heavy heavy favorite. They were around three to one favorites to beat EDG, and uh, I mean it was a close series, but yeah, beating being a you know three one dog and winning that, that's a pretty big upset in the big scheme of things. What do you think about it? I think somebody said that it would be the biggest upset of worlds, this worlds, not of all time, but of this worlds, and I'd have to agree. Like in terms of if we're not taking like best of one upsets, in which case, you know, something like uh, FPX losing to Cloud9 and getting knocked out in group stage would probably be the biggest upset in terms of like the actual expectations and how close teams were seen, how close those two teams were seen. But um, I think it was like inarguably the biggest upset of, you know, the the playoffs at least, the knockout stage rather. Um, in terms of the quality of the games, the games were good. There, there, there was some eh, back and forth, eh, but I, I wouldn't say so. It, it suffered from the I same would... same issues as, as the SKT series, where the games where one team won most of the time was a very handy win. Where well, that's the, what I mean. It wasn't back and forth. The, the score was back the sc- and forth, yeah, but the, the actual was... games were just kind of like it was just stomps going back and. That's kind of how League of Legends is, though, because. Um, I, I noticed this about, I feel like people don't realize it, or maybe they don't consciously think about it, but the average sports game, not just esports, the average game is bad. The average soccer game is not close and not exciting. The average baseball game, average basketball game, it's a, it's a stomp. It's, yeah. If it's not a stomp, at, at least it's like it's one-sided enough that you kind of know who's going to win midway through. So the good games are rare. Like We should actually celebrate good games more. It's actually kind of surprising that sports is so popular considering the average quality of the game is bad. But you no, know, that notwithstanding. Yeah, in terms of the actual quality of like individual games, very few of those games were actually like relatively close. Um, but obviously with a 3-2... I'm trying to find out if this was the only 3-2. That, I'm trying to think. This, was Season 2 Worlds a 3-2? That's Dude, you're asking one. the wrong person. You're asking the wrong. I'm pretty person. sure season one was best of three. No, it was a three-one. Right. So as far as I know, this is the lot. This is the yeah. This is the only best. Of, uh, this is the only three-two best like of in world history. So that's that's All a pretty right. remarkable thing. You know, there've been a few three-ones, been three-zeros, obviously. Um, so despite this being predicted to be the most one-sided one, or I don't think it would be the most one-sided, one-sided ones. More, okay. yeah, it was the closest. Okay, okay. I gotta ask you. So, we haven't had much time to break it down. But what went wrong? Why did everyone's why were everyone's predictions so wrong? Because everyone who's you know supposed to be smart said that Dalman would win this handily, and it actually turned out to be the the two teams are actually trying to be almost very even, and you know could have gone either way, but you beat you one in the end. I think the big thing going against any 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 possible EDG hype was the fact that the rest of China sucked so bad. I think that gave... I, I'm Not to say that Dalmont wouldn't have been favourites. I, I think they still would have been favourites regardless of how, how good China looked. But I think the fact that China looked so weak at Worlds this year, it brought EDG... In my mind as well, I'm not just saying in other people's minds, I'm saying even in my mind, it brought EDG down a peg like in terms of how much... How good I thought EG were. Well, I was like, okay, they... You know, they pushed FPX, or they beat FPX, but you know, FPX didn't look good. RNG didn't mm. look that good. You know, they, they topped their yeah. group, but they topped a shitty group. Um, yeah. 
but I, I feel like well, I feel like that means you're basically telling me that uh, people were analyzing this by transitive property. You know, this team beat this team and that team. That team beat this team and this team, and then you 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 add it all up and you get this sort of big picture analysis of like who's the best team, right? And but it's no, purely but, off but, the lack of games, right? Yeah, yeah that, that, exactly. You you can do transitive property if you're actually playing a lot of games and it makes sense. But if it's a limited sample where only a few teams play together in clusters, then transitive property can be like very flawed. So basically, you're saying that like uh, analysts are just just frauds. Like they don't actually look at the content of the game, what the teams are doing in a qualitative way. They just, you know, do the thing that fans do. Like fans can look at, at like that's why all the fans thought Damon was going to win. They the fans are the same kind of like brain dead basic analysis. You know, Damon beat this team and this team. You know, EDG played this team and this team. Oh, then Damon must win. And no one actually looked at the content of the games. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's true. But in terms of like, if you if you were to ask me, could the analysts have done it better? I think it's very hard. I think the the only thing you could look at is the fact that sure EDG did come out second in in their group. Again, there are so few games, right? Like EDG played the maximum amount of games you could play without having a tiebreaker, right? If they played a tiebreaker, they would have had played the maximum amount of games possible at Worlds. Every single one of their series went to five games, so they played fifteen games plus six games of the group stage. Assuming, okay, they could have played more if they played the play-ins, true. Um, but assuming that they played twenty-one games, which you know is the maximum amount and then Darmon played what six three three uh six three five five so they they played like eighteen or, yeah, or nineteen but, sorry. Yeah but that difference but, is not significant. Like, like twenty uh, even twenty is like, is not significant to be honest. Because you're playing a bunch it, of them against the same teams too. Like, a lot of them are yeah, repeats. Yeah like you know group stage they played DFM so that's that's two games you can basically count out in terms of uh you know usability as yeah. as a sample size yeah i'm um, just i'm just saying that that no one was capable well not no one i'm sure there are some people who predicted edg to win but if it was difficult for people to look at the actual gameplay content and then and say these teams are close to even like, like no one would have said that right yeah I, th- I think like you saw the the um analysts were predicting you know three o's three ones before the game right um, all all Darmon's way. Like no, nobody had the balls to pick, um, uh, pick EDG. I think the one thing for me is the fact that, uh, in terms of like looking at the games and my own personal take on on the game, I feel like it's undoubtable that you could say that there are a few players on Darmon who underperformed today. Um, the most uh, obvious one being Kenyon, who seemed to have a really really off day compared to the. The series he was having against SKT, where he was, you know, having he's the best player. I think um, other people point to Showmaker, but I think he was the best player. Um, and then you could say, on the other hand, um, JJ had it like his best, the best performance I've seen. He played pretty well in the playoffs in in LPL. Don't get me wrong, but I think this was by far his best series. And I don't know how the fuck any idiot could watch that game and not give him MVP of that. That's that's the real robbery. The robbery wasn't that <laughs> Damwon lost. The robbery was that JJ didn't. What the fuck? I mean, dude, I, I are, we, are, we already we already established that analysts they don't know how to watch the game. They just go by uh, score. That was the real score lines, and they go by yeah, exactly. No one's actually doing real quality of analysis. If they had, they would have known that these two teams are close. Anyway, 
do you have any final do you have any final takes about this matchup because like i don't know I, I i'm not really uh up for a very granular wall talk so let's just get our final takes in right i'm gonna say that that uh that league of legends anal- analysis is a joke unless it's coming from my friends in which case it's it's amazing you um my take uh, beyond i just want to go back i just want to say the showmaker fanboys can shut the fuck up this mother Faker never went invisible in the last game series, last game of a grand final of a final at Worlds. He also never played the last game of Worlds at final, but that's beside the point. Um, it just proves like how how much recency bias comes into the mind of the average fan and average analyst. That Showmaker challenging Faker's, you know, throne as the greatest of all time was even a discussion, really, because that's not a discussion for another two, three years. And anybody who brings it up. In a, before the next two three years, should shut the fuck up, and probably never cast, analyze, do anything ever again. All right, next let's move on to our next topic. In that case, oh, let's do a little bit more like LOL and Jace related stuff. So, um, th- did you see the entire arcane rollout promo, whatever the fuck they did? Yeah, I, I saw it. Was there any more after the thing? I had to leave my friend's house because it was four a.m. in the morning, and he wanted to sleep. Was there yeah. anything after? After or was it? I just told about now, the um. Yeah, the yeah. Well, I was talking about the. I was talking about the general concept. Well, let me ask producer Keith a question. Uh, producer Keith hasn't played League of Legends. Well, he played like yes, like yesterday or something. Hey, hey, hey. He needed a skin. A skin, skin but, back. But yeah, before prior to that, I, I think he hadn't played for like I don't know years now. Uh, but is despite not playing the game that often, is the IP? Do you find it interesting enough to actually maybe be interested in the TV series they're doing? Uh yeah, I mean I'm gonna watch Arcane, just cause it looks good. Um, I'm I'm I've always been more interested in what Riot could do if they expanded the League IP into other mediums than playing the game. Uh, so like I've I've always questioned why there aren't like a dozen random league novels and stuff in bookstores and stuff like that by this point, because it it's like happens with every other game franchise. Does it? Like I'm only really familiar with the, uh, sorry, World of Warcraft, but is this like really common? I know yeah, Assassin's I mean, Creed is one. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, Uncharted, oh, really? <laughs> God of War, Halo has a billion books. Mass Effect has books. Like everybody has novels that like the games writers or whoever just they like they're like all right we wrote all this lore in this giant production document master folder that we have let's just turn it into novels so it's just it's part of like the ecosystem that gets pumped out wow i i'm clearly not going to the uh the correct sections of barnes and nobles to look for books i, I had no idea that it was that common wax, so. wax is only in the manga section trying to find two love. <laughs> Nah, it's, it's it's mostly the cookbooks, whatever. So in any in any case, so are you interested in this in League of Legends, the lore? Because uh, do you think it's particularly more interesting than any other game, or is it really just because it's a game you played a lot and you were sort of attached to it that way? Because like in my opinion, like there is no lore. Like I I didn't notice much of it. It seems very shallow. But I'm interested in this show just because just because I play the game a lot and the character designs are interesting and really. 
like, I feel like if you have interesting character designs, you sort of want to know what the story is behind them, even if there's no story written there already. So that, that's sort of my take on it. Uh, it's always, um, like, I, I guess in, in these instances, it's game first, right? So it's playing the game that as the introduction into this world essentially and then you sort of you can get as attached to it or be unattached to it as you you want to be at that point like there's there's really it's not that they're unique but there's a lot of small world building that riot has always done uh since the beginning of league that i feel like if they focused more on it there's like interesting stuff that they could do like they've always had um since the beginning there was like the the warring nations and stuff like that as like the bigger picture thing with Damasi and noxus and stuff like that um and then within that you have the tidbits about like annie's parents and a mystery figure in caitlin and Vi's lore and leblanc being like this uh shadowy figure that's really ruling the country as like the leader of like a shadow organization and stuff like that but as long as you just stick to league as a moba there's no real place to explore any of this stuff that you sort of just make up to add flavor to the characters and their existence. So that's why I've always been like riot. I I don't know why they were never more proactive branching out into other things. I, I think that's a, that's a criticism you could have for not just, you know, the, the movie slash law section, but I think in general people have been, uh, critical of Riot not expanding into things like merch faster, right? They were so slow on merch. Their merch section still isn't that good. It's gotten better. But, like, they, they, they've left court. They, they, I feel like they were so, you know, they were so encapsulated by, oh, League is so big that we don't have to worry about anything else. Like, League was the biggest game that they didn't have to worry about merch. They didn't have to worry about books. It was just so big that there was no need to focus on that. And I think there was a bit of hubris as well in terms of, some of the Riot team where they felt like that would cheapen. I'm sure they've even gone on record or not, maybe not on record, but it's been like alluded to that. They think that that stuff would cheapen their brand for some stupid reason. I don't know why they thought that, but I feel like that's their, that's their take anyways. All right. So just to be clear, we are, all three of us are all, we're all pro selling what, out. We're all- I'm pro selling out. You know, we, we have many a time sold out. In fact, if Riot wants to, Promote Arcane. They can get to contact with us, and I'll, I'll sell that for it. <laughs> the the thing that I think is most interesting is that they're so like pre, uh, sort of like partnerships with like Louis Vuitton or whatever, and like Netflix and all this stuff. Their first real like major jump was music like i just that's like the oddest thing to me is like i feel like they the reason that this sort of thing has come about the way that it has is because they had like music buffs on staff 
who just wanted to have fun and like this is they like didn't have like film buffs or anything but they had music buffs so they were like all right somebody finally like pitched something and they were like all right just go have fun in the music department and just make collabs with whoever and come up with whatever that's a good point i mean you can say like music in games has always been a big like factor i don't know you know like you know video game music and video game soundtracks have always had that appeal of course you have like things like nintendo games having you know cross-cultural appeal as a as a music but yeah you're right that is a good point that you brought up that you know i did discount the fact that they had branched out in music you know you know what's the first example of that i guess imagine dragons would be the big example but even things like um pentakill and stuff like that and obviously k-pop with uh kda and stuff like that that's the massive one but even before that, that, that is something that they did. So it could be possible, you're right, that they just didn't have people who were willing to go that way. I'm not sure. It's hard to know for, for a fact. You know, I think this interesting section to push is kids' books. As as a game gets older, I feel like kids' books is a market. What? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think kids' books is big potential. I Imagine. agree, but also... Like picture books. Yeah, like I th- I feel like the Yordles are like an instant in in that regard, but also the Yordles have like ridiculous backstories. Yeah. So you but, you mean like a book? You mean a book like A is for a Moo Moo? Yeah, yeah, yeah like shit like that. B is for Brown, or what? I don't know. Yeah, B is for Brown or B is for Brand, but the, like stuff like that. But also just like you know storybooks. That are like fair based, like Yodels, you know, like Lulu and Zeke's. Oh, no, I haven't read a kids' book in so long. You, you, you know, as, as I've said that I am pro selling out, I do sort of see the point of, you know, people saying if you sell out too much, it cheapens your brand. And the reason why this all of this role has gone pretty well is that I don't think there's been a collaboration they've done that has felt forced or cringe or bad, right? Even if the, well, even if the end result was bad, it seems to have been done in sort of a very a genuine and sincere and caring way even if it didn't succeed so i feel like that's why that's maybe we're on board with riot selling out it's because they've done it well so far and maybe if we see a few products that aren't quite as polished we'll do a little bit of a 180 on that view so if arcane sucks but counterpoint fortnite fortnite does the selling out sells out everything does what the doesn't care if it doesn't fit into the game. Some of the fucking models they put in the game don't uh, even look like they're in the same game. It's just fucking that, that, fiasco. Yeah. No, no, that, and, no. that's different, though, because Fortnite is consistent because their identity is... Their brand is, is already selling. cheap. No, their identity <laughs> is selling out. Like, <laughs> yeah, by, 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 by definition, by selling out, they are staying true to themselves. So in a way, they are the most sincere game. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, by, by when I say I'm pro-selling out... I mean, like, branching out into other creative endeavors. So, like, kids' books would still fall into that with, like, Poro stories and, like, a Poro traveling through, like, or having, like, their first Christmas or something like that. Like, something ridiculous that kids would be into just because Poros are cute or whatever. I'm not saying I want, like, League-branded toothpaste or something. No, we need Rick and Morty in League of Legends as a character. That's what we need. We need them. We just need them. Make it happen, right? That, okay, that's like that's smite level selling out. That, they're probably 
it's probably an honor of kings already you can play as like batman in honor of kings i think and uh, like all the dc characters are in that game yeah but okay, counterpoint well. you're playing honor of kings what the fuck is that is that a game i mean it's more successful than league of legends is it <laughs> yes is that the it's, chinese it's, ripoff yes it's what tencent made uh yes it's what tencent made for mobile and then that they forced Riot to actually make Wild Rift, but it was too late because they had they had already made Honor of Kings themselves and made much more money than League of Legends ever did. Right, right. Okay, I, I didn't know what to be honest. They do that much selling out. Fucking news to yep. me. Yep, DC characters: Wonder Woman, Batman. I don't, that's last I checked. They they might have even more shit now. Yeah, and Smite has like Avatar, Ruby, uh, whatever else random skins for their their okay. gods and stuff that they have in that game okay but i'm gonna reuse what i said to wax because i know for sure smite is a good game but then you're playing smite so you know, is it worth it just to play avatar so. yo this is a this is a random story but the reason why i ever thought smite was a successful game was because at the hookah bar i used to go to the guy who worked there he was always playing it on like a gaming laptop behind the counter like that he was always playing smite and that's the only reason why that's the, he's the only real person i ever saw play smite but seeing like one real person play a game it, it convinces you that it's real anyway yeah, i don't know i don't know if smite is like like i don't know i don't know how to how to judge this because on the one hand like it disappeared for a long time because it was like exclusive to Mixer. What? It was? Yeah, they like the like Smite has like their championships and their leagues and stuff like that, and it was like only on Mixer. Oh, okay, until... like the streaming of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Not sure like dead before you, that. Could, you couldn't <laughs> stream it on Twitch was, or anything like that. I, I but it like... just like it disappeared from consciousness because nobody used Mixer. So it's Overwatch version two basically version right. one i had to but by the way I, so and keith you mentioned a bunch of little details about the league of legends lore that you got into but for me honestly the entire reason why i cared about arcade or any of the other derivative content is because they have a lot of cool characters and i was thinking about how that was very similar to overwatch and then again, I was also thinking about how that's similar to basically every fighting game that becomes a movie, whether it's Street Fighter or, or Mortal Kombat. So I'm like, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe in terms of getting games to, to branching them out into other media, making movies, the actual plot is completely unimportant because it's more important to build up characters and background, but not actually do anything with them. And that'll be enough. Like, I don't know. Maybe people are, are we overrating actually having cohesive narrative when all I you, about, all talking about like really the Tekken have... narrative that they have the have you played the campaign <laughs> yeah. for Tekken have you played it yeah. uh, yes yes I, I know the story it's it's, it's about uh, Hayashi Mishima killing his sons and his sons trying to kill him yes that's the I, 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 I played I the, the plot te- is I played the Tekken 7 campaign last year and it yeah. was so ridiculously hilarious it was just, oh, also also there's Wesley Snipes Blade uh, who tries to kill them too I don't know why but he's yep. there he is Mm-hmm. Did, wait, did he did he give his like likeness rights to them, or did he sue them? Like that, that can't be legal, right? I have no idea, actually. Like that, that like they're clearly modeling him off Blade from from Blade, and maybe like they cleared enough differences that they can't get sued. I don't know. I'm sure some if 
if they could get sued, they would have gotten sued by now. Look, th- that weird Dutch psychic who used the Ben Spoons, if that guy can sue Pokemon Company for making like Abracadabra, like then then what then Wesley Snipes can hundred percent sue sue Namco for, for that character, whatever his name is. Yeah, but if like, what? If, if Wesley Snipes the- does sue them and win, we should take like a cut for bringing it into his attention. Uh, he, he he might need the money anyway. I mean, Street Fighter has <laughs> a boxer who was literally originally named M. Bison, and then to get around uh, Mike Tyson coming after them, they just swapped the name to a different character when they localized it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Yeah, but I just feel like, um, yeah, again, going back to Street, to Street Fighter again, I, I think it's crazy that they made the movie out of it just based on these cool characters. But then again, maybe it's not that crazy again. The actual narrative overrated and all all gamers really want is cool characters and, and backstories they don't want they don't actually need anything done with them i guess yeah i mean well it's one of those things where uh street fighter like can you make a good movie out of street fighter sure does anyone care to make a good movie out of street fighter absolutely not uh, which is why I feel like, uh, like I've always said that's it's a reason why I said, uh, like books to begin with. I'm not I'm not saying like Riot should have jumped to a league movie ten years ago or anything like that, but like books to build out this world that you're already designing, uh, internally basically with these like they they've always had like the character Schematics. biographies and stuff like that they, they did the um, comics the comics as well with, with marvel right yeah so that's one so thing like, you can bring up they do at, comics at with some marvel. point yeah at some point you you like you're ready to take that next step and i feel like they put enough care into their partnerships like we were saying that this sort of like makes sense Ar- arcane makes sense as that next step this animated project with with netflix yeah yes yeah, speaking of marvel i i feel like even if they had no stories and they just had the character sheets in their backgrounds the mcu would have come to, to being like if that if there was a video if it was a video game where it just had all the marvel characters with all their backgrounds and they didn't actually have any plots somehow they would have arrived at a franchise nonetheless because people love the characters they don't like particularly care about the stories well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the, the the Batman's a guy who dresses up as a bat and he beats up criminals, but he can't kill them. Like that's like that's his story. Like, if you know any more stories from Batman and that, then you're a hardcore fan. But most people, the reason why they go see the movies is because they have that character and the design is cool. I mean, if if you're just saying like superhero movies, then yes, I agree. Because I mean sure there's like the spider-man movies and x-men movies or whatever if the mcu specifically i'd know i would disagree but if if you just mean like the general idea of like taking these characters and translating them in some fashion then sure yeah i I just feel like i had an epiphany about like in in the franchise in this franchise the world why narratives doesn't matter and it's literally just about character sheets and lore well, not lore. I mean, like background. I guess you never. What, what do they call it? World building. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more important, I feel like, to be able to build a world than to do, actually do anything in the world. Once you build a world, you just hand it off to other people who you hand it off to nerds, writers who care about doing stuff with the world, but but once you've sowed the seeds for the world, you just you'll just rake in the money. Yeah. I mean that's the most important thing is you have to find people who uh who care. Otherwise it it doesn't work, right? Uh, so like I was saying with Street Fighter, like nobody with the, like the money or the ability to make a great Street Fighter movie that would convince other people who don't care about Street Fighter to see it exist. Like everybody who wants to make a Street Fighter movie are like random fans who are like, I have a great idea for a street fighter movie. And then they like pay them $10 and they go make a street fighter movie. Okay. Wait, wait, what are you talking? Is that how, is that how the first street fighter movie was made? Was it made by like random fans? No, no, no. Well, this, the first street fighter movie was just like Hollywood being Hollywood, but, but that's why like everything since, has been like there's there was the um there was a random chun li movie i think with like Kristen kruick or somebody uh oh the starring. fan made oh the fan but, made one you mean yeah yeah i know but everything else is just like like youtube shorts featuring street fighter characters because no like big budget studio cares about street fighter like nobody wants to make a street fighter movie so it's just like it's fans doing fan service short films okay anyway let's do an awkward transition into uh what do, what do you want to talk about ads what, what do you want to talk about um i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry i missed the the bridge i'm sorry i'll yeah. bridge it for you send overwatch to disney so they can make a movie with overwatch and Big Hero 6 by Pixar. Uh, Blizz is dead. Just bury it and move on. Overwatch 2 doesn't exist. Owl is dead. Uh, it just is time. Yeah, so for what, <laughs> what he was saying there in the, the word jumble was Blizzard has announced that they will delay Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 past 2022. So that's even further after they've already pushed Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 back. And they've blamed, you know, increased competition and higher voluntary turnover. I wonder what that's referencing. So yeah, for for people who haven't been following, Blizzard has been navigating you know, a huge amount of lawsuits um, in regards to se- se- sexual harassment and other harassment charge. Uh, oh, sorry, not charges, but allegations um, to you know big members of their organization, and this has now affected, by the looks of it, or at least that's what they're claiming, has affected the release, the much anticipated releases of Diablo Four and of Overwatch Two. That's. Ads, are are you old enough to remember the to actually remember the, being in the glory days of Blizzard, or is it something that you sort of know residually by reputation? What would you say would be the glory days of Blizzard? 
Well, well, no, I'm, I'm asking you, like, did you, no. as a gamer, was there a time when you ever felt like, man, Blizzard's like the best company in the world? That Did you ever feel so that way? No. Okay. All gaming companies are trash. Trash humans. No. Trash okay. All right. So- uh, uh, that's, that's the era I came in, in into. The hate on uh, Ubisoft and EA era. That's my era. Okay, so... So you don't actually have any personal memory of thinking like Blizzard's the one good company and you can trust them all the time. Now, you personally don't have a memory of that. Nope. My friend who I went to his house today does, and he actually tried to work for Blizzard last last year, two years ago, when he was changing jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's just he said to me like a couple of months ago, he's like, glad I didn't go work at Blizzard, eh? <laughs> yeah. So, so personally, like I do, definitely remember a time where like Blizzard was this this hallowed company that could do no wrong, and I guess maybe this was um like I I don't want to paint a, a too broad a brush, but maybe this was before, uh, social media got people together and got people together on a broader anti-capitalism platform. I I mean like obviously that those kind of people who are very skeptical of corporations have been around for a long time, but I feel like maybe. It took social media, internet age to get people sort of united behind it. Like I, I feel like the entire corp- like corporations are bad, and and you know and co- p- calling keeping corporations accountable for their deeds. I mean, people did that before, but it's become much easier and much more prevalent in the internet age. So maybe you know Blizzard being so, you know, being so respected and, and so uh, untouchable at that time was more you know, it was a product at the time, not not necessarily just because they were making good games. Um, yeah, what do you think? Like, if you were to say of any other company that's had that aura, has there ever been a company that has had that aura? Uh, not not in gaming. I gaming would say. company. Like the the only comparison but, I would say is like what, like Apple. I would say maybe. Well, yeah, Valve. maybe yeah. Valve. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Keep this right. Valve back in the day when they were still making games, up to about like half about up to Portal, I would say. They had this uh, this aura of like they could do no wrong, mm-hmm. and everything they made was gold. And you know they were supposedly this like, on honestly, I, I, it's it's kind of incredible because I, you know I, there are like lots of cynical people I knew who were otherwise very cynical and, and skeptical and didn't buy the hype. Who just treated Valve like this kind of uh, I don't know like ultimate destination that they wanted to go to, and you know they they couldn't be happier if they worked there. And now I feel like. Maybe this is just general, it's how generally people have become more cynical about the gaming industry and maybe more about society as a whole. I just don't, I just don't know if people feel that way about any company anymore, like if, if it's even possible at this day and age to feel about, like, I, I, even outside of gaming. I think the age matters as well. The, the maturity of, of the gaming industry, where I, I, I guess the startup nature of gaming doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, but we'll, we'll also, all the, all the power has been consolidated. Right. Yeah, but also I think maybe even talking about age, I feel like the Gen Z, the Zoomers, they're actually much more likely to be skeptical of uh, of, of corporations. Whereas I feel like in yeah. my generation, or maybe a generation before that, you know, people the general like attitude toward these big companies was better, and people thought, you know, you know, if I could work at this company and work there for forty years, that's basically you know a life well lived. Yeah, uh, I think the concept of um, working at the same company doesn't exist anymore as in the same company for the rest of your life doesn't exist anymore so that's true and in terms of like i'm just gonna go back to the point of like i think the the maturity you see i, I agree with what you're saying in terms of you know how people are now 
are more skeptical of, of the game industry. But I think that's just that's social media and also just just a product of the industry maturing enough that it, that it's at that point, and also the consolidation of power, similar to the consolidation of power in in say the movie industry, um, where you know these mega corporations and mega gaming companies own so many different um own so many different uh gaming what do you call them the word has escaped my brain right now studios studios yeah, yeah studios you know like obviously blizzard and joins activision and creates a conglomerate of gaming studios um you know microsoft has bought tons of gaming studios over the past couple of years ea owns a ridiculous amount of gaming studios like a absolutely stonkers amount of gaming studios and Ubisoft as well. Um, I think that that takes away the the, the thing. Like you, you can't give off the vibe of being some startup company anymore. I think the last startup company that I can think of is like Witcher, what, like Witcher and um, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, CDPR. CDPR. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, they lost and, that and, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just t- it takes one game. It takes one game. Yeah, it took one game. <laughs> I do think. Yeah. It's an interesting idea that people have lost faith in companies, but they still have dream companies that they would work for uh, regardless of that. And it's almost like a... Really? It's like your dream is to work with the products that the companies have and like you want to work with them so much that you would do it despite your misgivings about the company. Like there are people who still dream about working for Disney and Marvel and whatever else, because they want to work with the IPs in, but they, they're not necessarily enamored by the companies themselves. Hmm. I guess that's I guess that's true. I mean, are you talking about people who are literally artists or creatives, or are you talking about people who would be working in like a completely unrelated sector that's not creative at all, but they just want to be associated with Disney Corp because Disney Corp owns Star Wars? Like people want to do accounting for Lucas for Lucasfilm. You're saying? Well, yeah, that's what well, my friend I, was I, like. Yeah, I don't know about like, I don't know about people dreaming to be in. I mean, there's probably lawyers that dream about being a part of the Disney legal team because. The Disney legal team can do whatever they want, basically. But I mean, like, I, but from a like a creative standpoint, uh, there's like, like people, like, uh, like artists and stuff that they still grow up reading Marvel comics and like Spider Man and X Men and stuff, and they like their dream is to one day make their own Spider Man comic, and in order to do that they have to work for Marvel and Disney. So it's like, even if you understand the sort of, uh, the sort of issues that come with being in that, in that like giant company and what could happen to you and like the issues with like artists rights and all this stuff that comes along with it like your dream is still to make your own Spider-Man comic one day. 
Yeah, I guess it's a little bit different for creatives in that case. Because like, if, you if you're a creative and you want to work with a certain thing, there's literally only one place to go. You don't have much choice there. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in gaming, like there's no such thing. There's no long-lasting property in gaming, the likes of Star Wars or, or Marvel Comics, right? Like it's more like I you want to make game. Oh, maybe like there's now we're getting to the point where there's a few franchises like that, like Mario, I guess. So 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 I could see maybe you know if you're a game designer, you don't want to just make a game. Like I, it's conceivable that you'd be someone say I really really want to work on Mario games. Uh, uh, wait, wait 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 hang on wait. If you're a person who wants to who's dreamt of making the same Mario game for different consoles. I got, I got some shit to tell you, man. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Do you really want to make Mario Party the exact same Mario Party game for the fucking 19th time? Do you, are you going to be that person who wants to make Pokemon again? Mm, po- I, I don't know. I think you're bringing up the wrong example. What do you mean? Poke- every Pokemon game has been the same since fucking 1999. And that's sort of the beauty of it. I, I feel like I feel like this is the wrong company to try to pitch that argument. That's not an argument against. That's an argument uh, for. Uh, yeah, sure, but if that's your goal to make this, like this is your dream. Your dream is to make the same game, dude. Get some fucking better dreams. Get get some better uh, dreams, man. Get, increase your expectations in your life. Do something better. Do something better. Look, man. Look, man. Like Pearl Jam has been putting out the same album for like thirty years now, and it's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I have an example of of this sort of thing, th- it, it, like a similar thing happening, right? Um, and it didn't work out very well. Uh, so Bioware made Mass Effect, right? They made three games, yeah. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And they decided they didn't want to make Mass Effect anymore. And EA was like, okay, we'll just make a new studio. To work on Mass Effect while you guys shit the bed with Anthem. Uh, they didn't know they were shitting the bed at the time, of course, but that's what they did. Uh, so they made a new Bioware offshoot studio um, that was basically comprised of fans of Mass Effect who, like, they, they, they weren't just, like, random people off the street, right? They were people working in the industry or oh, wanting to work in the industry through like education or whatever. Um, so they basically like compiled a team of fans of Mass Effect to work on Mass Effect Andromeda. And then through whatever development mishaps or publisher uh, overstepping or whatever with release dates, the game came out, it was kind of buggy. Uh, there was like gamer backlash for it. And then the shoot, the studio was shut down. Uh, shortly after and the planned trilogy for it was canceled and now uh bioware main studio is working on mass effect 4 in conclusion fans ain't knowing shit and yeah, yeah basically so they just had a bunch of people who were like we you know given the opportunity we really enjoy these games uh we would love to try our hand at making a new one and then you know it didn't work out quite as they planned it or as main Bioware planned for Anthem. Hmm. All right. So, so here's, here's another question. Sorry. Here's another question. I was going back to Blizzard a little bit. There's a question. I was wondering a little bit, um, like how much of their decline reputation is the fact that they're, so obviously there's the misconduct, uh, the potentially uh, 
and I don't know if any of it's felonious, but uh, yeah, there, there's there's a very big lawsuit out there, and you know there's a lot of misconduct happening. So how much of it is that in terms of uh, them losing their reputation, and how much of it is the fact that they just haven't made uh, the the same kind of culturally relevant games anymore? Like I, I I do wonder how many people sincerely care about them being ethical, and how many people just don't care anymore because they're no longer like obviously the the best studio in gaming in terms of quality. I think it's entirely that the fact that they're not making good enough games. I, I think it's been proven in every industry that if you're doing well enough, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Like however, however well you have you gonna put it, you know, it didn't matter for Rod Disney. It doesn't matter for other companies. Uh, as as long as you're performing, it it doesn't matter what what happens. Yeah, that's also the vibe I've been getting because I, I feel like a lot of people haven't been happy with the direction the company was going in for a while because like under uh, Activision ownership, you know, people have been, you know, the, the company was moving in the direction where they were trying to make money more than they were trying to make uh, interesting games and uh, people didn't like that. And so people, people were like starting to quit anyway before all these scandals came out. But I feel like after you know uh, what is what should i call these in, in general it's just workplace culture the, the workplace culture issues came out that just you know that was just a tipping point but it was already sort of there was already an exodus before that like as we see from the warcraft 3 uh, remastered disaster like before the lawsuits came out that was already sort of like a triggering incident that caused a wave of people leaving if the scandals were the key factor uh, we would have already seen other companies collapse uh, alongside Blizzard. Like Riot had Riot, a, like yeah. a huge scandal, um, mm. and it's not really affected them yeah. like that much. Like they've, I'm I'm sure things like internally have uh, changed, however much, but like public That's... perception wise, and with League, they're clearly yeah. doing fine. We're talking about them like branching out and doing things with Netflix and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's that's true. There's literally people who've moved from Blizzard to Riot. There's and, more more than a few. And releasing few, so. other games, not just like, you know, Valorant's doing well, um, TFT's doing well enough, I guess. And so I don't know how good their card game's going. And they've got that, mo- that MMO coming up, right? Yeah. So I think like the big thing is that gamers are terrible people. And why people are terrible that? people. The, yeah. Yes, the, people the gamers who, the people, are like the worst people. Wait, who's worse? The people who, who make the games or the people who play the games? The people Gamer who play oppression. the games. Okay, we are worse. Okay. This is yeah. the people make, gamers. The people who make them are bad, but but people who consume them are even worse because we enable them to make the games. The, the people who make games were people who played games first. And that's why they're know. bad. I don't know if Bobby Kotick has played a game. Well, he doesn't make games. He just tells other people to make oh, yeah. games. I just want to say eh, some some of the riot thing. some of the riot champion designers have clearly never played a game in their entire <laughs> lives. I just want to fucking say that. Fuck all the ch- fuck every champ after Rexi. I don't want to play him. I don't want to play against them. B- bring in League of Legends Classic, please. But what what I'm trying to okay see what you just said is is what is part of what I'm trying to say about why gamers are terrible people. Uh, Blizzard has no chance of ever appeasing 
old fans of their aged their not age their storied franchises uh wow players are just gonna shit on wow forever diablo players are never gonna be as happy as they were with diablo 2 warcraft players uh just don't matter starcraft players are never gonna enjoy anything as much as they enjoyed brood war i thought you were gonna say don't matter because yeah but okay it just it's it's never gonna happen they had a shot with overwatch and overwatch is the one thing that i'm not gonna pin on the gamers because the gamers told blizzard what they wanted out of overwatch and then blizzard just said no I just want to. I just want to point out that the gamers are indeed an oppressed race, and I don't hold any of the opinions that Keith just put out there. Free the gamers. Ads wants gamers to be a protected category. Yes, mm, that that legislation will go well. Constitutional. Ads, <laughs> ads, wait, wait. Do you do they call them protected categories in Australia too? I, I don't know what the, know what the law is like there. What is a protected category? Like sex, gender. Yeah, it's um, something you can't. It's something you legally cannot discriminate, discriminate against. against. I, I don't know what the yeah. legal mumbo jumbo is, but yes, okay. the gamers need to be a protected species. All right. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but speaking the of protected, o- species, the only thing that gamers need to be freed from is their own misery. They need to be just <laughs> taken out back. All right, that's all I'm saying. Uh, wow. you, you played a game of Aram <laughs> this this week, so uh, you know. I I am uh, included in this. Okay, just make I, it short. I, I was I was waiting for Keith. I was waiting for Keith to like start that line and then realize what he had said and try to pivot away. But no, he just went straight for the euthanasia, just directly there. Look, sometimes you know you just you've had enough, all right. And I've I've had enough of the gamers. I'm over it. But have the right, gamers so, had so, enough? Oh, no, okay. oh, no, no, no. All right, all right. So, so on this podcast, Wax supports uh, smoking for anyone of any age. Keith supports uh, forced euthanasia of gamers, and adds adds a Manchester United fan. So that that's kind of just as bad. I just I just want to say I, I'm 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 for um, voluntary euthanasia. Just want to point that out there, and I'm also for shooting on Wax for not for not getting them. McDonald's burger that he promised to get. Uh, he thought he'd get away with this, but I just want to bring it back. Wax, why didn't you eat the burger? One I, one, I never promised. People, people linked it to me. People linked it yes, to me. Pull up the tapes. Pull up the tapes. I'm pretty sure no we discussed this after the pod. So there are no tapes. Pull up the tapes anyways. I made no such promise. Yeah, so what, what? just for people who don't know what I'm talking about, what didn't you eat, Wax? What didn't you get? So apparently, while I was in Korea, a new promotion came out at the time where uh, McDonald's was selling a chicken sandwich with a scoop of mac and cheese on top. And uh, yeah, people linked it to me because I think I made it a point on this podcast to go and try every chicken sandwich possible from a fast food chain. And I would have, I would have gone, I would have gone if it was convenient, but it was not convenient because uh, I, I don't know how much I talked about my trip. But um, basically, my parents they decided to move to the. Not the middle of nowhere, but semi-nowhere, where you can only get in and out with a car. It's impossible to walk anywhere, take public transit anywhere. So uh, I was kind of just bound there unless uh, they wanted to go somewhere or unless we were seeing family who lived somewhere else. Uh, Do you know how to so, drive? Yeah. No, no, I can't drive. Yeah. Um, but 
surely, surely the airport has a McDonald's. No, the McDonald's, the McDonald's, I looked this up. The McDonald's in Incheon International Airport closed in like the mid-2015s. What's the fuck? They have replaced it with, so get this, a Shake Shack, a fucking Shake Shack. This is why you must and, unify Korea. And and a Moss Burger to, to appease the weeks. You know, Moss Burger, good, good, good place, good joint. Never had Moss Burger, so. I, I've I never had it either, it. but it's just everywhere in Japan, so it must be good. <laughs> it must yeah, be. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're just keeping for Japan because it's Japanese. I I know how yeah. it is. Is it is it Japanese? I, I don't actually know. Yeah. Is, it, is it Japanese red? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's Japanese. Yeah. Cool, cool. You say you have to unify Korea so they stop replacing McDonald's with yes. Shake Shack. Yes, that's what we must do. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would work. This but, is the uh, this is the strongest <laughs> argument for the unification of Korea I've I've heard of. Clearly, do you do, uh, like what do you think Shake Shack is? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Oh, okay. You don't, you don't know. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's uh, an American Shake thing, Shack. right? It's an American chain, yeah. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how you unification. And the Americans. I don't know how you unification. Back the unification of Korea. I don't fucking know where I'm going. You know, you didn't have to. Just, you should have said yes. Just say yes. Shake Shake Shack is just is very expensive yes. fast food. Wait, it's more expensive yeah. than McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's far, far more expensive. It's like almost double. Yeah, this is yeah, it's, it's unification bougie fast food. Yeah, if if Korea was unified, they wouldn't need such things as bougie fast food. They'd, they'd be fine with McDonald's. Mm, I'm not sure how that works, but we'll, we'll go with that. All right, let's let's do uh, song recommendations and close it out. Unless you had some more takes. I don't know. Did you have more takes? No, that's all I have. I'm so hungry, actually, now do that we've we started talking about food. Do we know if there is or is not a unification a, of a hidden McDonald's in North Korea? A hidden McDonald's, like for 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 Kim Jong Un alone. Yeah, like maybe like he just wants a McDonald's, you know. It's literally close enough to Japan that like he can send his commandos out in like a helicopter or like or like what is it? Oh yeah, it's like in a, a the Dark Knight. He takes like that smuggler plane to uh to Hong Kong or whatever and kidnaps the guy, right? So he he could ostensibly. I'm I'm pretty sure that's been done in North Korea, like. The dear leader has sent out his commando squad to go on like a Taco Bell run to make to like Japan or whatever's closest nearby. That's living the life right there. I mean, it's not that far, right? Because because like the or you can send it to South Korea. Give Wait, me South Korea is, uh, Japan to North Korea helicopter time. This, this, yeah, because like, occasionally if you order something on like DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever, like if it's far, sometimes it takes like an hour. Like if it's long, it's and I feel like. Flight. It's a two-hour flight. Okay, never mind. Then maybe then they, they had to raid South. Korea. Maybe then they they raided South Korea. They sent their commandos over to like buy some pizza. I, I think it was easier for North Korea to get a McDonald's than that. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like. Well, I mean, you have to get it illegally, but I'm saying like if you can like cross the border under cover of dark and like sneak in and buy and buy what you need and go back, like it's not that far. Like I I feel like like if if Kim Jong Kim Jong Un wanted like to get a smuggled. Big Mac from South Korea, he would get it faster than I could get it, like by ordering on DoorDash. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so in, in conclusion, unify Korea so that Kim Jong Un can get the McDonald's burger. Mm, yeah, sure, sure. We'll, we'll right. go with that. Cool. Speaking of right. things that we want to recommend, my song recommendation is <laughs> fuck we did. I'm so yeah. tired and hungry. Fucking hell. Is ASAP Rocky's song Bass 
It's an OG classic from his mixtape days. Love Live ASAP. It is the best. ASAP, uh, sorry, I, I fucked that up. Live Love ASAP. I clearly am tired. Um, it is the best ASAP Rocky album. And anybody who says otherwise is a fucking idiot. Doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's 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 his best album. It's smooth jam of cloud rap, acid rap, whatever you want to call it. And this song, Clams Casino, is a goat. Is the goat. Every Clams Casino uh, ASAP Rocky song is a banger, and this one is no no less banger. Hmm. All right, um, I'm going to do something very very tangentially world related. I might have recommended this before. Did I recommend Imagine Dragons before? No, maybe. All right, all right, all right. Well, whatever. What if I if it's a re- if this is a repeat if it's a repeat it's a repeat. What's Wax doing case, here? So, what do you mean? Wax is about to do something. Anyway, go go into a cycle and then flame me for it. No, no, no. So, so I, I was reminded of Imagine Dragons' existence because they they popped up again for the <laughs> world's opening ceremony and they performed us. Was the song they performed this time written for Riot like the last one, or did they just play one of their hits again? I don't know. I don't listen you to know, fucking Imagine Dragons. Well, you saw the opening. You saw them their opening ceremony, right? Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, so I I didn't know whether they were singing an original song that they commissioned for Riot. I'm pretty sure it's fucking. I'm gonna okay, okay. I'm gonna just cut wax off here. Yes, and do what my do recommendation mean? first. Yes, All right, go ahead. Because my go recommendation ahead. is Imagine Dragons, <laughs> featuring Jid. <laughs> the song name is Enemy. Oh it no! It is a. Uh, it is <laughs> the first track released from the soundtrack um, for Arcane. That's gonna have. I think it has like ten tracks over the, um, the course of the three act releases. Uh, it's a good song. It's a like a typical Imagine Dragons song. Uh, Jid so is, good. Jid is as great as ever. They should have given him like four times as many bars on the track, um, because he it's like he revs up and then they just like cut him off. Uh, so that's that's bad. But other than that. Uh, I, I, you know, got to recommend it because Arcane Act 1 premieres today. All right. God, God damn it. Okay, so, so me and Fuck Keith are going to recommend, basically we're going to recommend the same, ver- the same version, uh, two different versions of the same idea. So I was going to recommend uh, Imagine Dragons, Radioactive, but the version featuring Kendrick Lamar. Which, which is a superior version of, of Radioactive, I, I got to yeah, say. It's but, a superior version of Shit soup. Anyway, both, both 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 Keith and I we we recommended a radio act, <laughs> Imagine Dragon songs with a random like rap feature. So yeah, they're, they're I don't know. If, I just want to say this. I don't know if Wax pivoted at the last second and he was no no that was my original recommendation. Was it okay? I thought you were gonna recommend Enemy, and I was trying to save you from it, but then I'll let you go run into the train wreck. Anyways, speaking of train wrecks, this train wreck. Wait is done. before we start. Okay. <laughs> While we're done. talking about. Imagine Dragons with random features. I also want to bring up Imagine Dragons, just just because I know Ads loves this one. Um, Imagine Dragons and Khalid. Uh, oh my fuck. The Thunder okay. and Can Young Dumb and Broke med- medley mashup. I want to recommend that one to especially to Ads because it's I'm his a, favorite song. I am looking that up right now. Look, He uh, loves uh, both Imagine Dragons and Khalid. Khalid, please stop making music. Please do that for me. 
Stop making music, okay? Anyways, the train wreck's over. It really is. This time, for real. The bonus recommended song, don't listen to it. Don't do it to yourself. Um, thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us... It, now, ads is a fan of euthanasia as well. I, uh, euthanasia, please. Um, if you'd like to support us in our quest to unify Korea, create a plan to make forced slash voluntary euthanasia, and I forgot what Wax wants. Wax wants to feed kids, give kids um, cigarettes. Yeah, if you want to do all that stuff, um, you can yeah, support basically. us at www.coffee, that's ko-fi.com slash jujus. See you guys next week, and thanks for listening. I don't know why you'd come back next week after that. <laughs> hmm.